99% of the Reds' performance was worthy of a victory, but it was that 1% that sunk the whole dang thing on Monday night. There is one specific thing that keeps derailing this Reds' team, and they will never reach their potential until it's fixed. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms, including right here on YouTube. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker. Alongside that guy over there, he's Jeff Carr, and we are diehard baseball fans. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds, and we have taken our love of the game. We have taken our passion for baseball, and we have turned that passion into information for you. On today's podcast, we are going to be talking about how the Reds wasted another good start. This time it was from Graham Ashcraft as the bullpen lets another one get away. Uh, there are some bright spots. The lineup continues to hit with five players. Yes, one, two, three, four, five guys having a multi-hit game down in Atlanta. Uh, we're also going to be talking about Luis Sessa and asking the question, will he be able to build on the momentum he had from him his last start and do well against the Atlanta Braves? Uh, before we get into all of that, I want to tell you about the title sponsor of today's podcast, HelloFresh. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MLB60 and use the promo code MLB60 for 60% off plus free shipping. All right, speaking of fresh, Graham Ashcraft was fresh and extra rested and on the mound and looking great. Uh, six innings. He did allow six hits, but two runs, three walks, struck out seven. ERA is a cool, crisp 2.08 as we head streaming through the month of April. It's crazy to think that, I mean, maybe he gets a little bit, maybe another inning if he can cut down on those walks. But no, he, he is absolutely lights out to begin this season. And now he's getting that K per nine up above nine, getting more strikeouts than innings pitched. You love to see the performances that the Reds are getting out of Graham Ashcraft. And I mean, you caught it well here in spring training, Steve, that Graham Ashcraft was going to take a huge step forward and say, yo, stop looking at Green Lodolo's 1A, 1B. And remember, I'm still here. I'm 1C. I keep thinking of that Michael Jordan meme with, uh, and I took that personal. You know what I mean? Like every time he sees a feature on Green and Lodolo, he's got to take that to heart just a little bit. And I, I have to think that that's part of what's driving him. He made great strides in the offseason. Uh, he has continued to uh, build out his game. He looked great on the mound. Uh, you're right. We need to get those walks down just a little bit. I mean, it's a nice position to be in when we're complaining about three walks right. in a start right. from we're a pitcher. But. Sure. But, you know, yeah, maybe he gets through another inning of work if he doesn't walk those guys. Uh, I would like to see him not give up the two runs. But, you know, at the end of the day against the Atlanta Braves, this is this is a good start. Yeah, that that's a a World Series contending lineup for sure, without a doubt. I mean, Ronald Acuna had a great day. They, they still got good uh, performances from guys. It's just Graham Ashcraft was able to mitigate the damage 
that they were able to do, unlike the bullpen. Right. You know, he goes six innings. That means that there's three innings, and it ended up being more. There's three innings that the bullpen needs to cover. They ended up using four relievers in this game, Jeff. Two of them pitched really well. Two Mm -hmm. of them not so well. Uh, Where do you want to start? You want to start with the good or the bad? Let's start with the good because I think everybody's starting with the bad. Let's start with the good because Alexis Diaz got right. That is the Alexis Diaz we expect to see. Yeah, you know, he had a a clean inning of work. You know, he did walk a guy, but he struck out too. uh, Didn't allow any runs. And he bounced back from uh, that debacle in Philadelphia, which we were happy to see. You know who else looked really good coming off of uh, a not-so-great uh, performance a few games back. That's Buck Farmer. Uh, in this mm-hmm. case, he came in, pitched two thirds of an inning, and struck out uh, two guys. Struck out both guys for the outs. Uh, good outing for Buck Farmer. I, you know, I don't know that I consider Buck Farmer a back end of the bullpen kind of guy, uh, a closer type dude. But I, I think, think he's he on is, this is team. Well suited. Be. Yeah. Right. I think he's well suited for the middle eight innings. And once Santion and Sims are back and you can use Buck Farmer more towards the sixth, seventh innings, uh, I think he's really going to thrive there. I, I like him pitching earlier in games is what I'm saying. And I thought he did really well out of the bullpen today. Yeah. And the Reds were bit by the fact that Santion and Sims are not back because if your name is not Alexis Diaz, and I, I was glad that Buck Farmer pitched well, but if your name's not Alexis Diaz, flip a coin on any given inning on any given pitch you're not really sure what you're going to get and that's exactly what happened here because Rivar San Martin pitched an inning and a third of a mess he allowed a bunch of base runners allowed a run to score and this was back when the Reds still trailed they were they were fighting back they were trying to get back into this game and he allows the Braves to score another run and then Derek Law who was the loser on one pitch one pitch one pitch two and runs I know, I know, I, I, one pitch i know that that's we have efficiency tried, i have tried to talk myself into Derek law because he had a nice a couple of nice performances to begin the year but it's flip a coin it could be good and it could be bad and overall this is the biggest problem with this team this has been the biggest problem with this team for close to a decade now and i think that you know you can explain it as well they got to figure out the core before they figure out the bullpen sure that's fine but we are seeing it graham ashcraft pitches well green ladolo those guys are pitching well the lineup is keeping this team. We're going to talk a little bit more about them here in a few minutes, keeping this team in every game that they're playing. Now we really got to see how we can fix this bullpen because until the bullpen reaches its potential, this team will not reach its potential. No, and and I'm I'm really disappointed in what Sam Martinez showed us so far this season. I was really hoping that he would be another guy that, you know, had a lot of growth between last season and this season. And I, and and as of right now, we have not seen that. And then as far as Derek Law goes, um, you know, you and I were talking, I can't remember if it was um, on the episode yesterday or off air before we recorded, but we were debating who was going to be the next guy to leave this bullpen when either San, uh, Santian or Sims was ready to come back. And I think we're both in agreement now that the next guy out of this bullpen is Derek Law. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. As soon as Santion or Sims is ready, and Sims has only made one rehab outing, although uh, according to our friend Doug Gray over at RedsMinorLeagues.com, that one 
outing. The spin rate was off the charts. He was looking good. So we might be seeing him back here, hopefully very soon. And we can get that just the closer mentality that he brings to add that to Alexis Diaz. We were talking about in spring training, you put those two guys together, then the rest of the bullpen starts to fall into place. But it, the, the more games that you can get where the bullpen is calling on Diaz, Sims, and Santion versus Sam Martin, Derek Law, and Ian Jabot, then we're going to be talking about a team that is starting to reach its potential. And I understand, like, there are a lot of people that are mad about the bullpen today with varying ideas of how to fix it. The Reds are not going to go out and trade for guys and, and fix it through the open market right now. This is something that they have to earmark as the number one priority this offseason to go fix. What's going to happen for the fix during this season are the reinforcements that are coming through rehab stints and through young guys who are going to be called up. And that is how this bullpen is going to get better in the short term. Yeah, what did you say? You you hope that someone's got that uh, pin writing, that, that check writing yeah, pin that check ready to go this offseason? Better get that check writing pen ready because, look, this team is starting to figure out a number of question marks. And once they do that, if we go into an offseason and we still hear excuses as to why they cannot go get bullpen help, then we will have a real problem on our hands. Well, this is what I know. Help for this bullpen cannot get here fast enough. Not fast enough. But, you know, Steve, let's talk about the hitting because five Reds had multi-hit nights last night in Atlanta. We'll tell you who we'll tell you who's hot and why this lineup is going to keep the reds relevant while they wait for that pitching help. That's coming up here in just a moment. Before we get into that though, I want to tell you about one of today's sponsors and that is so rare. Our new sponsor so rare is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace that transforms fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. This game is so much fun. You can literally go to SoRare.com. That's S O R A R E.com slash locked on and start building your team today. Because I've been able to do this, you get uh, all kinds of different players from around the major leagues, you can build out your lineup, you can build out your pitching staff, and you can compete to win awesome prizes. And in a lot of cases, what you do is with your first team is you start to level up, you start to get better players, you start to grow your team so that you can get into bigger contests that have bigger prizes that can be up to like VIP experiences where you get to meet stars of major league baseball. I mean, these prizes, they vary depending on the competition that you're joining in, but we're, we're talking about so rare MLB game weeks, which it's, you build your fantasy lineup with your cards that you own every single game. You get to carry that over. You carry over your lineup, you carry over your pitching staff because there's three to four day cycles. And at the end of game weeks, the managers who rank at or near the top of the leaderboards win a, a variety of rewards, as I've been talking about. Check it out today. It's so rare.com. That's S O R A R E dot com slash locked on and set your lineup and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's so rare.com slash locked on to start playing today. Coming up tomorrow, is Joey Votto ready? 
We're going to dive into his rehab stint in Louisville and look at what he has done to get back to Cincinnati because spoiler alert, he's ready. He's, 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 he's ready, Steve. He's always ready. He's Joey Votto. Joey Votto's never Joey not Votto. ready. Joey Votto. He's never not ready. Uh, but I'll tell you what, he's going to be coming back to a lineup that I, I, I'm ready to say it. it's strong enough to keep the Reds in any game. And I don't care who they're playing. I don't care what pitchers on the mound. This lineup will keep the Reds in the game. I know the bullpen has been frustrating, but if you're not having fun watching this team bat right now, I don't know what to tell you right. uh, between uh, some of the young guys like Spencer steer. And even uh, it seemingly Jose Barrero's figuring out, you know, what is going on. Uh, they're fun to watch. You've got veterans starting to heat up guys like Will Myers. You've got, uh, dudes like Jonathan India, who clearly has recaptured his rookie of the year form. Uh, the changes he made to, to adjust his body and his approach back to what he was doing in year one versus year two are clearly making a difference because he is the guy in year three. Now that we hoped he was going to be all the way through. Uh, he is just a get on base machine right now. I have a new nickname for him that I'm going to roll with. If people want to follow, that's okay. But the new nickname for Jonathan India is Red Leader. Dude came into spring training wanting to lead this team. He wanted to be the guy that got up in front of everybody and said, this is how we're going to play. This is how we're going to be day in and day out. And he's backing it up with his play on the field. Three hit night for him. He had the go-ahead RBI in the top of the 10th, just absolutely leading the Reds. Red Leader. I'll tell you who else is really exciting, though, to watch, Steve. And that's the guy who's been hitting third for pretty much this entire season so far. And that's Jake Fraley. Should we start? And I know, I know, this is the other side of the coin of, well, it's only nine games. Don't be too worried, but maybe it's only nine games. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Should we start redefining how we assess Jake Fraley? Yeah. And, you know, I think you and I talked about this a little bit when we did our guest spot over with Tim Daniel. And, you know, I'll, I'll repeat what I said there. Now, uh, Jake Fraley should be playing every day, right handers, left handers. I don't care who's pitching until he demonstrates that he shouldn't be. Uh, right now, he is hot. He is he's playing good defense. He's, you know, he's been DHing a lot, but when he's been in the field, he's been good. Uh, but at the plate, he's comfortable. He's dialed in. He's hitting the ball where they ain't, as they say, <laughs> and keep running him out there. I want to see him in the lineup until such time that lefties figure him out and he can't do it anymore. Uh, and, and hopefully that day doesn't come. But as long as he's playing like this, he needs to be in the lineup. There's two things that kind of work their way around a stat sheet, don't necessarily find their way onto it, but there's two things about Jake Fraley that really have me just so intrigued because we talk about this guy as like, well, he's probably a fourth outfielder on a good team. The things that he is doing on the field and on the stat sheet are very impressive. Something else that they talked about on the broadcast today that just absolutely had me intrigued is the fact that up to this point in the year, he is tied for second in the major leagues with the average number of pitches per plate appearance that he sees. He sees at least five pitches per plate appearance. And it's funny because right as they said that, that plate appearance that he had, he saw six pitches and he got on base. Like the value that he brings, not only in the hits that he has, but how much tax he's putting on a pitcher on the mound is absolutely phenomenal. And then the other part about Jake Fraley that has me fired up is anytime they play an interview with him, anytime 
we hear him talk to the media or we hear him talk, you know, in a post game, we played a clip yesterday on the podcast of him. Dude sounds dialed in. He sounds like he is ultra focused. He sees the prize. He's ready to take it. And I'm, I'm all in on following rake Fraley as the Reds third hitter for the season. I, I love what he's been doing. You know, there's something to what you're talking about with uh, working the counts and seeing a lot of pitches and forcing the pitchers to work. Uh, you know, I think that is contagious. And I think we see that spreading throughout the rest of the team. Uh, we're seeing those same type of at-bats from Spencer Steer. We're seeing those same type of at-bats from Jonathan India. We're seeing those same type of at-bats from TJ Friedel, uh, being able to, to make a pitcher throw a lot of pitches. And then finally, when they make a mistake, making them pay. And, uh, you know, I, I'm here for it. This is, you know, you know, you hit it early on with that episode where you said this team is different and, you know, maybe that should be the Twitter hashtag and everything else that, that they roll with, because I can't think of a better way to describe what we're seeing out of this bunch of hitters compared to what we saw from this team last season. They're just wired different. They're built different. They're dialed in different. And it's so much fun to watch them bat right now. And I think it's interesting because, you know, whenever a team hits bad, you blame the hitting coach. Nobody's talking about Joel McKeithen right now. Nobody's saying, oh, hey, look at what Joel McKeithen's doing with this lineup. Maybe this is something he's doing. Now, a lot of that just has to do with the talent at the plate, and we always say that whenever somebody's like, fire the hitting coach. Well, he's he can only work with the players on the roster. But what this team is doing, it seems very philosophical. We mentioned multi-hit games. Will Myers has a multi-hit game. He's starting to come around a little bit. Spencer mm -hmm. Steer, we already talked about him a little bit. He had a multi-hit game. And don't panic, but Jose Barrero had a multi-hit game. You know, he he looked like he was starting to figure things out. Uh, that game, I was still in Cincinnati. It was that game where he had to leave because he tweaked his calf muscle or his, like, yes. you know, he... Because he got a hit. Leading up to, yeah, he, leading he up to that game, yeah. he kind of started, his at-bat started looking better. And then he got a hit in that game and had to leave. I think that he's starting to put it together. And I'm, I'm on board with considering the fact that he looks like he's starting to figure it out and be able to hit more. And the defense that we've seen from Kevin Newman at the shortstop position. Uh, I think I'm ready for them to, Kevin. let's run Jose Barrero out there for some consecutive games at shortstop now. Let's give him a good five, six-day stretch. Uh, every day at shortstop over the next week or so and, and see how he does. I think, I think there's a hot streak coming from Jose Barrero. Uh, it, it's, it's starting to build that direction. And I would like yeah. to see him have the opportunity to deliver on that. It, it's things like this. It's why I'm so fired up about this team. And, and there were so many people that wanted to just go scorched earth because the bullpen blew it again. And yes, it sucks that the bullpen blew it again, but there are so many different good things about this team that if you're going to focus on that, and if you're going to let that ruin your day, more power to you, ain't going to be me. I ain't going to do that because this team and, 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 and the perfect encapsulation of this team is just different. What about the most craziest triple you've ever seen from a player in Stuart Fairchild that should have been a home run. And then Kevin Pillar thought he caught it and it hit him and it hit off the top of the wall and then dribbled down and Stuart Fairchild gets an RBI triple and really keys the comeback there in the ninth inning. But overall, that is just the encapsulation of what's going on for this Reds team. They're never out of it because of the bats. 
Yeah, absolutely right. The lineup is definitely going to keep the Reds in games. Uh, bring on that bullpen help. Uh, the pitching staff needs uh, some reinforcements. And speaking of the pitchers, Luis Sessa is set to face a Braves lineup that is not weak. It is a pretty talented bunch of dudes hitting in that lineup. We're going to tell you uh, what we can expect from Sessa facing those Atlanta Braves in his next start. But before we get into that, let's talk about one of the sponsors of today's podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Well, grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. And there is no better place to get in on all of the MLB action than at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate and get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. You place your first bet, and if that bet doesn't hit, you're going to get that money back in bonus bet up to $1,000 if your bet doesn't win. Uh, the Reds with Luis Sessa on the mound are plus 210 to win. So you might want to throw a few bucks at that. Uh, Sessa is going to be facing off against Kyle Wright for the Atlanta Braves. So you might want to throw at least a five spot on Luis Sessa to do great things and for the Reds to get a win. Don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 back when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up with FanDuel, the official online, uh, the official partner of Major League Baseball. You can follow the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. Make sure you are subscribed. And if you're on YouTube, hit that notification bell so that you know whenever we post anything. Also, make sure you are following us on Twitter so you can talk baseball with us between shows. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. You can follow that other guy, Jeff Carr. That is Jeff with three Fs. Because as I tell you, spelling is hard for him. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. There's no Fs in that, Jeff. No Fs in no Locked Fs. on Reds. All right, nope. let's talk a little bit about Luis Sessa because his last start really wasn't that bad. I mean, if you look at it uh, in its whole, five yeah. and a third innings, he only struck out two guys, and, and here's the thing. He walked three dudes. And for me, that's the single biggest thing, the first thing that he needs to fix. There needs to be more strikeouts than there are walks from him in a game. I'm not saying he has to be a high strikeout guy. He can get If he can get everybody on ground balls and, and only strike out two or three dudes in a game, cool. But don't walk more guys than that. No, and, and, and that's the case. Like If he's throwing five innings and gives me two strikeouts, that's fine. Walk one guy. That's it. Don't walk any more than that. And I think that when I look at Luis Sessa tonight, going up against this Braves lineup, I know it's easy to say, oh, boy, I, I don't have any expectations here because I think he's going to get shelled. I'm flipping that. With the, with the uh, performance that he gave us in his first start, you and I both thought he was going to throw four innings at most. Mm -hmm. And, and, the, and the bullpen was just going to be taxed. And he gave us five and a third. And really, I thought he could have went longer. I thought David Bell had a quick hook on him. And I kind of want, I, I, I think when we're looking at Luis Sessa here, I think he needs to go six innings for me to start to consider that this thing is a legit thing. That, that him being in the starting rotation is a legit thing. Because we've already got one guy in Connor Overton that David Bell has no faith in him going more than twice through the mm -hmm. order with we can't have two guys like that that's just i know that we we we've seen the reds split up the starting rotation in order to take some taxing off of the bullpen here but 
that still doesn't help if you have two guys that only go four innings every time they go out. So I want to see six innings from Luis Sessa tonight. If it's a, if it's kind of like a dirty six inning, maybe he gives up like three or four runs in that. I'm okay with that because I need to see him get six innings worth of outs. Yeah, you know, I I feel like the Reds have shown their hand and that they're uninterested in stretching out Connor Overton any more than he's already stretched out. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's heading to the bullpen just as soon as Luke Weaver gets up here. Uh, Luis Sessa is a different story. And if they're going to count on him to be a piece of this rotation, at least through July, when maybe somebody else is ready to come up from Louisville, either in Levi Stout or Brandon Williamson, or maybe somebody else will surprise us. Abbott. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but if Sessa is in, a multi-month plan for this rotation, you're right. He does need to be able to go at least six innings. Uh, We talk about innings and, you know, I've told you before, it's one of my pet peeves that we really need to try and switch the narrative to, to pitches thrown in a game versus innings, because we, we talk about pitchers throwing six innings nowadays, Starters are still throwing roughly 100 pitches. It just so happens that in the 70s and 80s, they were throwing complete games on those 100 pitches, and now they're only throwing six innings. It's it's not that pitchers are throwing less pitches in a game. They are throwing less innings, but they're throwing the same amount of pitches. And I would love at some point in time for baseball to change how it talks about that, but that's a a whole battle for another time, Jeff. But But what I'm kind of saying, and and I I understand, I think that – the pitch to inning argument is more of a spring training deal. Like I want him to go six innings and baked into that is the pitch count needs to make sense for those six innings. Like if he's doing what Hunter green was doing and throwing a hundred pitches in four innings, then sure. He's not going to get to the sixth. I understand that, but I am looking at this and saying, we can't have two guys in here that are a liability to the point that the bullpen has to get 15 or God forbid, 18 outs in a game. So he needs to pitch six innings for me to look at this as something more than the Reds just putting him in the rotation because there were no other options. Because right now, that's kind of where my mind is. Like they have Overton and Sessa in the rotation because in their mind, there were no other options. And if they want me to, if they want it to make sense for me, then he's got to pitch six innings tonight. No, absolutely. And I guess if we're going to keep looking at him and, 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 and stating what it is we're really expecting him to do. Uh, I will consider this start in Atlanta a success. If he throws somewhere between 90 and 100 pitches and is pitch efficient enough to get me six plus innings uh, with those 90, 100 pitches. Now the rest of the stuff, is he going to give up some runs? Probably this is a great lineup. He's gonna, he's going to give up some runs. Uh, But as we just said, this, this, Reds lineup will keep them in the game. So if he gives up two or three runs over the course of six innings and then we get into the bullpen, I will consider that to be a successful start from Luis Sessa and him building upon what he did in his first outing in Cincinnati. Because right now I just, I I look at this and I say, there's no argument for me to keep Luis Sessa in the rotation for multiple months and hold Brandon Williamson in triple a or hold Levi Stout in AAA because we know that Luke Weaver is going to be the next man up. He's going to take mm-hmm. Connor Overton's spot. So then you're looking at this and you're saying, okay, Luke Weaver or Luis Sessa, who is the one that's going to make way for Brandon Williamson? And make no mistake about it, it's make way. It's not, you know, well, Brandon Williamson might not be ready. He's ready. I, I think they're just trying to 
kind of give him a little bit more of a runway before they run him out there. But I think that he showed in spring training that he has the stuff to get big lead hitters out. And I want him to continue his growth and continue his career growth here in the major leagues. So for Luis Sessa to, to not, it almost sounds a little bit disingenuous when I say it this way, but this is kind of where my mind is for him to justify his rotation spot to me as the fan I need to see a better performance than what he gave me in his first performance. So I see growth in him. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Uh, and you're talking about those young guys, you know, Williamson has yet to demonstrate consistency. And right. I think as soon as he does that, he's going to be knocking on a door somewhere. Uh, and of course, all of this conversation, Jeff, you know, we get this a lot online and I, I just put this out there. Yes. When we talk about these things, we're just assuming health. We're assuming yeah. that nobody gets hurt in the rotation. Uh, we're absolutely doing that. I hope that that's the case. We know that that's probably not how it's going to go. And somewhere someone's going to tweak something. And then one of these young guys are going to get an opportunity that way. But all things being equal and everybody being healthy, you're absolutely right, Jeff. Luis Sessa, every time out, needs to build upon what he's doing to, to continue to hold his spot. Because I'm telling you, he would be an upgrade to this Reds bullpen in the early inning, six, seven, eight being as stretched out yeah. as he is, that would be a big deal for the Reds. So uh, he's really going to have to pitch well as a starter uh, to outweigh that value he would bring to the team in the bullpen right now. And that's what we're watching for tonight with the Braves and the Reds. And like we mentioned, the Reds are plus 210 to win with Sessa on the mound. I think the way that the Braves won last night and with the pitching matchup, Kyle Wright is more talented than Luis Sessa, but this is his first start of the season coming back from injury. So maybe the reds can get one up on them early. Who knows? Might, I might, I might throw some money at that money line there, but we're looking forward to seeing what Luis Sessa has for us tonight. And that's going to wrap up this edition of the lockdown reds podcast coming up tomorrow. Is joy Votto ready? Yes. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I think he is. We're going to tell you why. Uh, now, for your second listen, check out Lockdown Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft analysis and advice anywhere. That's Lockdown Fantasy Baseball. It's just like Lockdown Reds. It's free and available on all platforms, including right here on YouTube, because we are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day. All right, Steve, there's reasons to be optimistic. There's reasons to be concerned. I mean, we are Reds fans after all. Why on earth would it be easy? So what's that mean for you and me? That means you and I are going to continue to watch this team uh, blast away at opposing pitchers. We're going to gather all of the information, bring all the stats back, watch what's going on in the minors, and keep everybody locked on Reds every single day. I think I'm going to volunteer to pitch out of the bullpen tomorrow. I could use another 